recorded live. front of the cameras, we all hate each other. Behind the scenes, it's a business. Everything, we're going into a revolution. We're in the revolution. Now the question is, who's going to win? What will let them do. They know just how much latitude their department gives them on abusing citizens. They do it because they know they can. They do it because they know, they know they will get away with it. Do we forget history? Do we forget that the Palestinians never invited the state of Israel to come into existence? Did not invite for hundreds of Palestinian villages to be raised to the ground? for hundreds of thousands of Palestinians to be militarily driven from their own homes. And so for some in the Strip, the occupation of Palestine did not start in 1967, as the global consensus affirms, but it started in 1948, when the creation of Israel was imposed on the Palestinian people, on Palestinian land. Today, though, Palestinians simply want peace, want a normal life like you and I. I was there in Gaza earlier this year in May and June on these dates. I was there when Israel assassinated members of the resistance movement, the armed resistance movement in Gaza. I was there when Israel killed innocent civilians in Gaza. I was there when Israel destroyed buildings in Gaza, left craters in the sand, left bullet holes in people's homes. I was there and saw the humiliation at the Rafah border crossing on the border between Egypt and Gaza. I saw how the Egyptian security personnel treat their Arab and Muslim brothers of Palestinian origin. While I was there, I made a video with someone that survived the creation of Israel, the Nakba, as the Palestinians call it, the catastrophe, this, this, uh, this ethnic cleansing process beginning. Um, and what's extraordinary and resonating is that this conflict uh, started the people that survived that event are not older than my grandparents. This happened within the lifetime of my grandparents. And this is a conflict which started since the creation of the United Nations and international law, not before. This has gone on in plain sight. This has gone on uh, in daylight. The Balfour Declaration, the British Declaration of, of, of uh, sympathy with the, the creation of the State of Israel is on the historic and academic journalistic record. This happens in plain sight. And as I said before, this gives even more gravity to the fact that this is an injustice that we need to solve. The facts on, are on the table. They just need to be seen by most of the world who can then react to them. 
And as I said, that's why I went to Gaza, to show people what's going on. All right. Well, one at a time. One at a time, guys. One at a time. We got two hours, by the way. So two really hours. Quickly, okay. Yeah, we got two hours. Yeah. And I'm, I just want to tell everybody out there in Radio Land that I fucking miss this shit wholeheartedly. I cannot believe <laughs> that I ha- I'm back on this microphone. Eric, you're the man. Gabe, you're the man. I miss you both very, very much. And thank God that you are both my friends and that we're both on the show. We know that we're all on the show right now. Um, so That's I'm just going to cool. shut up. Eric, you start talking first. Gabe, just wait a second. Wait for Eric to introduce himself. And then, uh, Gabe, you introduce yourself, and then we'll start the uh, topic of discussion. Sure. Hey, guys and, and girls out there. Yeah, this is Eric from Jersey City. And, Miguel, thank you so much for engineering the show. This was a, a very impromptu um, show. And, uh, you know, we're, I guess we're just going to be talking about current, current issues and current topics. And um, I just want to say hi to everybody. I miss this show too, Miguel. And, you know, thanks to you who, who really, uh, you know, without you, you're the engineer. So, you know, thank you. And, uh, yeah, I, I really missed it uh, myself. And, Gabe, it's great to, to hear you. And I want to give a shout-out to a couple of buddies of mine. Uh, my friend John and Dylan are listening right now. And at first they couldn't hear, so I'll, I hope they can hear the show. And uh, they, they've given me some, some ideas for topics, so I'll bring those up as, as the show progresses. So what's up, guys? Gabe, you. Go ahead, Gabe. Hey, my name is Gabriel Brown. I'm from uh, Long Island, New York. Uh, involved with We Are Change New York City. We Are Change Long Island. Have uh, done work with Miguel many times in the last couple of years. At Occupy Wall Street, Occupy Bilderberg 2012, 9-11 Truth. We've done a lot of work together. And... Uh, I don't really know what else to say. <laughs> no, I've been involved with a lot of activism for over the years. And you had, you gave a great speech at the last 9-11 uh, event at the uh, 56 Walker um, that one time. Uh, I, I, I was uh, Unfortunately, I came a little bit too late, and I couldn't make it to see you speak, Gabe. I really wish I was there at the time to see it, but uh, I saw you afterwards. Remember, we were outside hanging out. Yeah, But I, I, caught, I, caught, I caught your speech on YouTube. And uh, I think you did an amazing job, my friend. You did a great job. And, I gotta uh, say something about that speech, Miguel. No, no, I mean, you know what it is? You know what happened, Gabe? You know, I watched it again recently too. That's the only reason I bring it up, because um, I watched ah. it again recently. And the whole entire time that you were on stage, uh, you know, uh, talking about 9/11 and your experiences with 9/11 Truth, you were kind of putting yourself down the entire time on stage. And it was so sad, dude, because you are one of the most active. Uh, one of the most uh, seen, especially on YouTube, at Ground Zero. So when, when you know, as a friend too, you know, besides this whole 9/11 shit and and, and you know, it, you know, the 9/11 Truth movement, I consider you like a, a good friend. So when, when well, I watched I the YouTube video, many of you was a good friend, yeah. Right, right. And, and and while I was watching the the you know the speech of you on on the stage, you were speaking, you were like, oh, you know, I. I I'm not much. I'm, I'm just a man trying to speak. No, no, you, you're a lot more than that, dude. You, you know, how many times have I gone to D.C. with you and seen you, you know, go nuts on, on, on the establishment and, and give everyone what, the, you know, give everyone the information that they need? You need to give yourself a lot more credit than you, than, than, uh, you, you give yourself. And, um, you know, that I, personally, everyone out there, you know, who's listening to the show might catch it on the archive. Check out Gabriel Brown, 9-11 Truth speech, 56 Walker. It, it was a really good speech. There's a lot of information on it. Uh, Gabriel Brown, great friend of mine, uh, can show you that a regular man can, can step up and, and speak for the people who cannot speak for themselves, uh, giving a voice to the voiceless. Um, and, you know, it, it, was a, it was a really good, uh, good video that everyone should check out. 
Um, you know, so, Miguel, you're, yep. you're bringing up um, you know, 9-11, 9-11 truth. You know, and those of us who never bought, ever, from day one, I mean, literally from, day, from 9-11-2001, never bought the official story of Osama bin Laden, questioned everything, every step of the way. I, w- I want us, you know, Gabe, yourself, myself, and everybody listening to this and in the archive show in the future when they listen to this, to not feel disheartened because we can always feel, oh, my God, we know this, X, Y, and Z. Why hasn't everybody caught up to us? But the, the important thing for us to remember is that we have been and will be always victorious. It is a victory because they might have fooled other people. They might have fooled other people. But the victory for us, and we have to savor, savor this, is that they didn't fool us. They didn't pull the wool over my eyes. They didn't pull the wool over your eyes. They didn't pull the, over, over Gabe's eyes. And we can count... You know, people like Cindy Sheehan, Cindy McKinney, um, you know, you could just go on and on listing people, you know, uh, William Rodriguez. They didn't pull the wool over our eyes. We can look these evil devils in the eye, and they know that we know the truth, or, or we didn't buy their crap. So we have to have to always savor that as, as, as part of, of our victory. And the other thing that I hear people say, um, and I guess we can move on into the, into, you know, current events, um, is... Well, you know, um, you know, where where do we go with this, and why hasn't anybody come forward? And, and my answer to that, and I think it's probably the same as Gabe's and Miguel, people have come forward. You know, people from inside Pentagon. You have people like uh, Sybil Edmonds and you know uh, Bob Bowman. We go on and on and on and on. High profile ultra right wing Republicans, some of them, have come out and exposed and said, you know, uh, you know, exposed the lies of 9/11. So people from inside have to have uh, come out. And where do we go with this? You know, we just keep the pressure on. Uh, that, that's all that, that we can do as activists, I think. And Absolutely. I like yeah, I like what we're doing now. This is part of it, the Real Activism Radio. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. That's and, why we're and all also, here. I, I like to think that 9-11 can also be the um, – I mean, I, I'd hate to compare it to, like, a gateway – you know, that when, when people say that, like, marijuana is a gateway <laughs> drug to other things or whatever – Honestly, the the way the only way that I can make uh, some sort of sense in, in what I'm saying right now, uh, you know, what I'm about to say is that uh, 9/11 can be a gateway towards a whole other experience. Um, not like you know, if you're doing cocaine after weed, like oh yeah, no, you're gonna be a whole other <laughs> horrible experience. Other than the fact that it might hurt, you know, the truth, um, you know, for some people, if you tell them that they're government that they hold so dear to their hearts and, and, and depend on to protect them. Once you tell them that the, you know, the, the government can be their most, um, you know, the, the worst enemy that they could ever, ever have in their entire lives and, and their families, and, you know, that can hurt pretty harsh as well. Um, I don't know. I mean, I can't even, I, I don't know how to compare it towards like a heroin overdose or anything, but it's, it's, it's that type of uh, pain that, that a person feels sometimes when they get that sort of, 180-degree, you know, uh, negative, negativity uh, thrown into their faces. Like, oh, yeah, no, the Obama, oh, you, you, you did your best to campaign for Obama. You got your whole college, you know, you, you, you organized at your college to get Obama elected. Oh, how, how are those student loans doing? How many children were killed by drones? Wait, you were angry because the kids in Connecticut uh, were killed by a crazed gunman? Wait. You care about kids that died? Wait a minute. How many kids did your president kill? Oh, right. you're a hypocrite. How many, 
how many kids are committing yeah. suicide on a daily basis in the military? I believe it's 18. There's more people dying by suicide in the military than are being killed by... If you think about it, that's, they're kind of killing off our generation in a way, the, the federal government, by you know putting them in these uh, situations. I think that's uh, killing our generation off, and I'm surprised our generation isn't even speaking up about it. Now, you now, know? We, we, we can, we, I mean, you know, that, that's also a debatable subject because... We can we can blame our generation as much as we possibly want, but we also have to take into consideration that they we've all been under this conditioning. Since I we do. There, there, Absolutely. There a, yeah, right. There is a certain uh, level of, of conditioning that brings us to this front where we just want to go out and kill, uh, you know, brown. Pe- Honestly, it's just brown people. No matter you know they they want to blame the religion, they want to blame the nationality. It seems to be a big target these days. Killed. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. That seems to be a huge target. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, all of these wars are real estate and commodities investments for uh, people at Wall Street and maybe beyond Wall Street. So I, I don't see people serving in the military serving this country, even though they believe they're serving this country. I feel bad for these soldiers because they're being lied to and conditioned to believe they're serving their country. What exactly are they serving here? And if you try to talk to some of these people and rationalize with them what exactly is going on, some of them get it because mm-hmm. they're decent people, but others get offended like you're personally attacking them. I think a good analogy of what our government is doing, it's kind of like a, a spouse that's been cheating on you and <laughs> you just don't want to face up to reality the fact that you're catching them cheat on you over and over again. Everyone knows, but you're unwilling to accept that reality. I don't think I've ever asked you guys this on the show, but do, do you do you both have any uh, family members that are active in the military right now? No. I got cousins. I got no, one I that's uh, in uh, Afghanistan. She finished a tour over in Iraq, actually, uh, I believe a year or two earlier. She's doing mm-hmm. intelligence work. And uh, another uh, cousin of mine is in the uh, Navy right now. I'm sure I have other family that I haven't really spoken to in a long time that are probably also in the military, but I, I do have family in the military. Eric, you know anybody no, that's uh, active in the military? Maybe a close friend. It doesn't have to be family, but just somebody close to you? Yeah, I do have uh, a lot of, you know, friends, you know, a lot of, yeah, put it this way, like woodpile friends, like friends of friends uh, who are in the military. And, and you know, I, it's a hard thing for me to, to deal with because, you know, yes, I commend it. The, the people who, who, are, who are in the you know, forces, but to protect the country, not to arbitrarily attack countries, you know, being sent to do these dirty deeds for these corporations, like Gabe and you just mentioned. That, I can't support that. And, you know, do I support the troops? When people say support the troops, I always wonder, you know, there's so many contexts to that phrase. You know, it's an easy thing that we were led into in the anti-war and the peace movement. Now, support the troops. You know, we support the troops, and then if, if you were in the anti-war movement, you felt obligated to hold these big signs that support the troops, we support the troops too, we, you didn't want to be smeared as, you know, but what does that mean? Do support, you support them financially? Do you support them morally? It's a vague term. It's a very vague term. And, and we've fallen into that trap. You can manipulate it any way you choose. You can manipulate, but I, I know what they mean. Like, if you don't support these troops doing the dirty work of the government and these corporations, 
then you're anti-American. That's really what that means. And right. When, you saw, right. when I saw the anti-war movement start to, um, you know, absorb this 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 catchphrase, support the troops. You know, I said, "Wow, this is we're doomed." Why? Why? You know. That's why when you say these things, you have to define what you're saying, or otherwise people will misunderstand and misrepresent it. Obviously, TV has created a monopoly on that term. I support them to defend the country. I do not support them to go into Iraq, and I support people. You know, um, there was one of the first uh, troops uh, to to refuse going. I support that troop. You know, those are the troops I support, the ones who refused going mm-hmm. into Iraq. You know, well, we, I think you can, you, can claim, you can claim conscientious objector status. And I, I would have preferred that people did that. Like, how can you, how can I support that? How can I support a war like, uh, like, like the Iraq war? I, I can't. Well, no, I can tell you this. I think right. we all support the troops by standing up for them at home while they're stuck overseas fighting basically a bunch of wars that a bunch of Wall Street guys, you know, they got investments involved with. They they won't go over and fight for themselves. They got to send other people to fight for them. I think that's kind of cowardly, if you ask me. Right. Yes. You know, you, you, but, know, you know, Gabe, I, I love that you keep bringing up uh, Wall Street. Um, and uh, that is the truth. The, the business of war is a huge industry. Um, yeah, it's profitable. Right. But before we start talking about that, uh, um, I want to – Bring up something, uh, you know, because Eric had mentioned, uh, you know, certain individuals, uh, you know, as far as, uh, you know, their relations towards war. And it reminds, it, it reminds me of uh, our recent meeting with the Veterans for Peace chapter of uh, New Jersey and uh, an event right. that, that he, and, he, he and I are planning in, uh, in New Jersey. And, um, you know, how we're supposed to be supporting these people, especially if they're veterans. And, uh, you know, when, when we went to these meetings, I mean, these, these are, you know, stand-up guys, individual strong guys, but you could tell that they were needing uh, assistance as far as being uh, known for the, their services and how the whole reason of having a military is to, uh, you know, keep the peace. The whole reason of having an army to begin with is not to... Uh, keep a war going is to stop war altogether and, and, and uh, fight for the peace, fight, fight for peace of the people of the country that you are defending. And, and whether or not you believe that America should be the police of the world, and actually, you know, for the theory that, or the lies that people were being told, it was to keep the peace across the entire globe. Um, when we went to these meetings and, and, and you know, heard what they were saying, that the, the, the plans that they had to, to, to keep reminding people that they were there and to keep them active, I couldn't help but look at them and, and, and feel a, a certain level of sadness for them because they were doing their best um, to, 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 keep, to keep the spot that they were at and, and uh, remind people that um, Veterans for Peace Especially, you know, they, they wanted to uh, make sure that everyone got the for peace part. I, re- I remember that. You remember that part, Eric, when, when they were speaking yeah. about when, when you tell people that you're a veteran for peace, make sure that you uh, get it across that you're a veteran for peace, capital F, capital P, for peace, you know, and, and that was the whole point of their existence. And, I, I, you know, I just remember that date and uh, 
seeing these individuals who I, 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 don't, I don't believe are being treated as they should. And, and you know, them going into the, the, the front lines based on lies, and being treated this way, I mean, if you look at the community center that they reside in and have meetings every Sunday covered by graffiti and, and, and dog crap and just, it, it looks like a bum house and, it, you know, for lack of a better term, it's just, it, it, it's horrible. But, hey, Miguel, you know, I just, it, I just, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Um, there's a few listeners and they're, they're just saying that the, they think that the radio show may have crashed or they can't hear it right now. I don't know. Is there an issue there? <laughs> Maybe not. Or, I mean, I can hear you fine now. Maybe maybe it's just something on their their end. And also, are callers able to call into this show tonight, or is this just um, you know for uh, us? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, if you or Gabe don't have any problems, we can have people call. I in never have that. any problem. You run the show. Okay. I'm a guest host. I guess you can call me. I have no problem with that. No, okay. I, I sure. I'm, I I don't see any uh, er, uh, errors on the site right now. Maybe it might be something with their. Uh, Maybe is it just one person, or is it the, a number of? Uh... It was uh, two people listening at the same location. Oh, uh, they're just saying it back on. Sorry for that. So I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, so the the location that the uh, veterans were peace. I'm, I'm just saying. Was... You know, um, when, when, was, when was the last time we saw this huge extravagant veterans uh, community center that was there just for them to either hang out at and just uh, unwind, or for uh, uh, what, what do you call like a physical? Um, you know, when somebody has a, an ailment and, and their exercise to strengthen a certain part of their body, what do they call that? The physical... Uh, physical therapy? Physical therapy, right. Where, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you know, uh, Eric, they, they used... When the, the, but before we went to that meeting, you and I went there during the Occupy... Uh, I'm sorry, the, the Sandy Hurricane tragedy to charge our phones, and, you know, it's the right. same. Uh, I mean, this should be... It's sad to me, and, and I'm sorry if... if, if I'm sounding weird or whatever when I was saying because no, these are upstanding, strong men. You know, they they they're not gonna take they're not gonna take any shit. But at the same time, it, it, maybe it was just me. I don't know. But it was saddening to me that they're not out in the forefront of the public. I mean, these are veterans that fought for, uh, you know, for they, whether or not they were fighting, they believed it. You know, they believed they were fighting for our freedom. They did. They they were willing to risk their lives, and some of them actually did for us. And it was weird to see, you know, I don't know, while, while we were speaking to these individuals, and, you know, I, at first I thought that they weren't going to want to listen to me, but they were more than willing to do, you know, do an event with us. And, Gabe, you know, I, I don't think I, I told you about this before, but I'd love to have you to be a part of it too. But, um, you know, it, it was, we're planning an, an event for them and, and, you know, seeing these these veterans. Even the 9-11 first that, – that's what that looked like, you know, when, when the 9 yeah. The first responders were, in, were were fighting to get uh, medical coverage for the ailments that they that they suffered during 9/11. When when they told them to go, like for instance, when they when they told them to go there for uh, you know for cleanup and the air wasn't uh, cleared as, as as safe, but they went anyway because they were told to. Um, that that's the look I saw on these you know these guys. I mean, they they they're waiting for uh, some sort of assistance or, or recognition, you know. It, I don't know. It, it was, you know it was, there's, there's a there's a big disconnect with society in general in the contemporary world we live in, or at least in this country at the moment, where the people don't really feel the same association with the soldiers for whatever reason, because of the way that maybe their lives are going. You know, they're living out their lives through this TV of reality television and just you know 
game shows and sports. There's just a complete disconnect from the fact that there are soldiers still fighting in wars that we don't really even pay attention to anymore. And how about Although, people, there's a, there's people, a, people are afraid of the troops too nowadays too. They think they think of them as, as loose ends. They're about to just wild out and, and start killing they're people. Only, they're only politically useful when the government needs them. Just like the first responders were politically useful the first couple of weeks, and now you don't ever hear anything about the first responders. It's like they don't exist. I don't know if this is true, but somebody brought to my attention. Uh, I didn't really delve into the research of this, but maybe we can we can check now um, that some of the uh, benefits or the promises that were made to these young men and women, uh, being you know college funding and such, a lot of these. Programs have been pulled. Has anybody heard anything of this that they get promised? I have not heard to be able to confirm that, but I can tell you that the debt benefits have been stolen from some of the families. I believe Bloomberg uh, reported like a 16-page article about that a couple years ago. That much I do know is occurred. I mean, the soldiers are really getting hurt in more ways than one, at least their families as well. That's incredible. there's There's also a different dynamic from... The Vietnam War, when when Bush prom, you know, Bush Senior said, you know, we'll never, it'll never be another Vietnam, uh, you know, yeah. anti-war movement he was referring to, and he got it, he, and he was right about it. These mother effers knew what they were doing because when it was Vietnam, everybody was available for the draft. You, you could have been a senator's son or a congressman's son, and yeah, yeah, they could weasel their way out of it. But you still got that draft card, and and that's why there were such riots. Literally, you know, I don't want to, uprisings. I should say in colleges, from from sea to shining sea, people were condemning these because, you know, people who who were sons and daughters of CEOs were now being drafted in to go to Vietnam, and people were upset. But now we don't have that. That we do not have a draft. We have yeah, what we, we call, don't. We call it we call it the poverty draft. People just join. You know, you did oh, yeah. go into the fight. They're not even forced to join. They join They're on their own forced. accord. And how can and and, and here's the, here's the, here's another problem that I have. How can I really feel sorry? And we got to be we got to be men and women about this. How can we feel sorry for people who chose to do what they do? You know, back in the day, you didn't have a choice. If you were wealthy, you could weasel your way out. Yes, but but, but during Vietnam, many of the uh, Congress people back then had had uh, sons that were drafted. Now, I believe maybe there's one or two that that have children. Out of the hundreds of 500 or whatever the number is, 553, whatever it is, Congress, there's like two or three that have, uh, from what I understand, that was maybe a year ago I heard that statistic. But I remember that. It, it's kind of interesting, too, if you think about it, because, I mean, this is perfect not to have the draft, because then you don't have all these uprisings of uh, our youth and people in general yeah. saying yeah. enough's yeah. enough. As long as the draft is not implemented, there will never be any question of these wars, because it's a quote-unquote voluntarist military. However, yeah, what I find yeah. interesting as well, I should mention, even though there's no draft, I've been noticing that they're taking a lot of these protection barriers away from preventing people from having exemption excuses from being drafted. For example, 
Don't ask, don't tell being repealed. Everyone thinks that's fantastic that gay people are having the right to serve in the military openly gay. Well, to me, it just seems like they did that so they could basically remove that exemption. And this whole thing with the women now fighting in combat, too, also appears to be another protection barrier that's been thrown away. And I'm, I'm for equality, but I don't think these people are promoting this for equality necessarily. I think that there's something else at play here. No. However, I mean, there's no draft going on either, so it's a little weird. Gays have always been in the military, no matter what. Now, it's whether you could say that you were gay or not. Now, in the Israeli army, they they don't care. You know, you're male, female, gay, yep. straight, lesbian, you know, they don't care. Everybody has to, uh, you know, I think there's only a few, a few, uh, you know, type, top categories that, that don't have to join the military in Israel. But otherwise, everybody, once you're, I believe, 17 or 18, you have to do... Well, it's a mandatory thing over there. It's compulsory, yeah. understandably. Compulsory. Yeah. They always took, they always took, uh, you know, gays in, in, in the military. But here, you know, it was like, you know, shut up, don't talk about it, whatever. Oh, cool. a friend just sent me uh, something, I hate to say, it's from Fox News, but the, the headline, this is from March 14th, it says, Senators rally to reinstate... Sounds like a local station. Senators rally to reinstate military tuition assistance after sequester cut. So they did pull this military tuition assistance. That's what it was. Military, what they promised these young people, we're going to help pay for your, you know, uh, tuition. So parts of this was cut. This is, I guess, what, uh, what my friends were talking about. So it's like, oh, we support the troops, we support, oh, support, support. It's all BS. It's all pack of lies. Support taking away their rights and their benefits. That's like companies cutting corners when they take away your benefits, too. No difference. Right. They've not been to one one soldier's funeral. None. And they say, oh, well, then he'd have to go to, you know, hundreds and hundreds of funerals. But I, I don't know, you know, do a symbolic thing, you know. I don't know. They don't care. These are, it's fodder for, 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 for uh, you know, imperialism and for, you know, the multinational corporations. It's really not about nations anymore. It's about corporations. That's the real uh, dynamic of what's going on. It's what, you know, where can Bank of America go into? Where can this, you know, where, where can Goldman Sachs go into? That that's Bechtel. Where can Bechtel, you know, exploit the the, the, the people in, in Bolivia? That's what it's about. It's not about oh, you have this country, that country. You know, it's all it's it's, it's all crock. You know, it's kind of weird if you these, look at the. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm just saying. Uh, you know, speaking of these corporations, I wonder how Venezuela is holding up right now after uh, Hugo Chavez's death. Um, I, I I saw a a uh, very heartfelt. Uh, it was like two paragraph post by uh, um, um, someone who was on the show recently, uh, you know, um, and she, while while she was on the show, she was in, informing us that she had visited Chavez and uh, you know, you know, Cindy Sheehan, and uh, you know, she, I remember her, her saying in that post that um, you know a, a number of people had commented on the post after she put it up on Facebook, and I remember her saying that she was hoping that Venezuela would not, um, you know, fall under corrupt 
corporation control um, the world banks, like uh, Eric had mentioned uh, before. And, uh, you know, I, I can't help but, but think on what exactly is going on right now. I mean, they have this new guy. I forgot. I can't think of his name right off the top of my head who is uh, supposedly running the country just like Hugo Chavez would have if he was still alive. Um, but I can't help but, but think, will that company – well, <laughs> look at that. I, you know, I'm Freudian slip. Um, will that country – Countries are like companies. Yeah, right, exactly. You know, it, That's what they consider it probably. Uh, will that country fall under a, a corporation's control? Will the banks get get uh, turned over to debt to a world bank and uh, be under its control? And 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 will the the poor of the country and even the middle class will will they get turned into a a, a lower class people too? Um, it just makes me think, you know, back to that and the things that you were saying. And hopefully, it go sour, you know. It all depends on this individual. I don't know enough about him myself. I need to look into him. I mean, I'm not a fan of any kind of socialized dictatorship. However, I prefer sovereign nations opposed to puppet government versions of that concept. Like, the Soviet Union was clearly a puppet state when Lenin was in control. It was, they, you know, communists were, you know, against the capitalists, but yet the capitalists funded the communists in the Bolshevik Revolution. So, well, I'd so, rather so have... Like to say. Some people like to say that, uh, you know, the the elections were open to everyone, to vote, whether you like Chavez or not, and he won every single one of those elections. Now, you're right. You're right. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that I was 100% behind everything that Chavez had to say. Um, honestly, I'm, I don't think I'm 100% behind anything anybody says. Precisely. Um, right. So, you know, that, 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 that's, you know, that's something that I think we can all agree on. Overall. But, what, what, but what we can say is that the the state of the majority of the country and uh, the finances that were going back into the country um, were very substantial and and, uh, and and great on on helping the the people of the country out. Um, that's that's I, I why have, I've I always have some been friends. I do have some Venezuelan friends that did not like uh, Hugo Chavez at all, and 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 uh, said that he robbed them of their land for other different reasons. Um, you well, know. You no. Know, also, you have to look at the socioeconomic status of those friends. For instance, there's a lot of Iranian people here in the U.S. who, um, back in the day, were uh, in tune with the Shah of Iran, and because they were usually much wealthier, they were very elite. They were from power, from bank. Uh, not from banks, from from oil uh, companies, and you know uh, it was the the elite. So it's it's sort of like here where you have the ultra right wing Republicans, you know, supporting the corporations and such, and then you have the the lower middle class and the and the lower lower middle class and the poor and the, you know, and they wouldn't support that. So there's always this divide. So you know, I would wonder what class uh, you know are are the friends who who are against Hugo Chavez because Hugo Chavez really supported the poor, the destitute, and he did do a lot for those people. And that is what the, you know, usually the corrupt ruling classes don't want. They don't care about the poor. And then he improved, whether we like it or not, he did improve the lives of countless people who were destitute and poor in his country. On top of that, in Venezuela, a gallon of gasoline is not is not what it is here. Here, you if you want to talk about who's the devil and who's the real corporate whore, look at how much a gallon of gasoline is in Venezuela 
which is I think like fifty something cents, to how how many uh, how much money they charge you here. On top of that, Hugo Chavez has provided um, countless millions of dollars of free heating oil to Americans for many many years in Harlem, you know, and in other areas in, in the United States of America. He provided free heating oil, and that's a lot that they don't tell you in the, in the American media here. So is he perfect? No. Am I perfect? No. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. And and one other thing I want to throw in here, you know, I'm also very interested in, you know, uh, you know, of course, Fidel Castro, this person, a lot of the other Latin American leaders have had very odd illnesses over the last couple of years. Most of them cancer. And there's, there's this, you know, theory or conspiracy theory going on that maybe there's some kind of connection or, or that they've been, you know, given, I don't know, radiated. I, I don't know. I don't know. But the theory is that I, th- I believe there's about six or seven Latin American uh, leaders, presidents, including a female from Argentina, who have had or, ha- or died recently from cancer specifically. So I don't know if anybody's had any thoughts about that. Well, we can yeah. always wonder about that. I mean, we do know that the quote-unquote CIA, <laughs> the cocaine import agency, has the capacity to use cancer-based weaponry. I mean, they, they've proven in the past they can do things of that sort. So whether or not this was done will always be speculative until information is available to the public, but I wouldn't rule it out either. <laughs> I, I would like to think that, uh, most individuals, whether they surf the internet or not, um, know at least uh, you know one thing that scientists have come across recently. Uh, like these little, I mean, you know, especially if you're on Facebook, for you, you don't even have to be on Facebook that that long, but you will see these. Uh, you, you you must have seen at least once or twice these little memes with the mosquito-sized surveillance yeah. camera that the government yeah. uses. You, I, I'm pretty sure everyone has seen that. Now, Nanotechnology. Um, right, right, exactly. And most of the time, depending on who's posting it, there'll be a link to an actual article that explains what that's used for. And, um, I mean, when someone sees something like that, oh, it's cool, oh, wow, really? They really have that? Most of the time, they, they, you know, they push it to the back of their brains, and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, that's just something I saw on the Internet. But... I like think a, sort of a lot of them would a lot of them would think from that point like wow what are they doing with that why are scientists working on that type of thing you know these, these, like you said nanotechnology right and, and you know and you, you don't you know you really don't hear about that in the mainstream media much but on a social media website that everyone is a part of you'll see memes about it where people are talking about it and um like even these drones, like the NYPD using drones, and and now it, you know it's becoming legal that 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 the uh, um, you know the military can use drones on American land to 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 surveil you know use surveillance uh, tactics on, on American citizens and things like this. What like what? I, I, sometimes I think you know being an awakened individual and knowing that this was going to happen years ago, but when it, you know seeing it from fresh eyes, I wonder what these people are thinking about. I mean, you got to think about. Could we imagine five years ago? that these yeah. things would even be in the news, let alone on the street? Could anybody no, no. have imagined we were going to hear drones in America and whether we can <laughs> kill people? I mean, it sounds like a crazy science fiction nightmare. Listen, right? I, 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 
I could even admit myself that some of the things that I was hearing back in, a couple of years ago um, sounded crazy to me. I, I, maybe, you know, out of the 90% never sounded of, crazy to me, though. <laughs> I draw stuff like this. Right. You know, especially the conversation that, I mean, me, you, and Eric could sit in the room right now and still say something that some of it might sound a little bit crazy. But you know what? It, it will happen. And then we'll look at each other like, whoa, it really did happen, you know? Well, I've and always I, had this saying, Miguel. I've said any time you say that it will never happen, you guarantee it to happen. Because you're not even trying to stop it. <laughs> I, I, I pulled up something on the Internet here, and there's at least six Latin American leaders that have been struck by cancer in just the last few years, uh, including, of course, Hugo Chavez, Argentinian leader Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner. She has thyroid cancer. Um, the Brazilian former president, I believe, Dilma Rosa, uh, said in 2009 he, she was diagnosed, diagnosed with cancer of the lymph system. Ex-Brazilian President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva has throat cancer. Paraguayan President Fernando Lugo, 60, was diagnosed with lymphoma cancer in August of 2010. Uh, the president of Paraguay um, was uh, also uh, diagnosed with cancer. So this is just... Wow. Uh, yeah, this is just... This doesn't uh, surprise me at all, quite frankly. Right. I mean, again, I mean, we know that weaponized cancer can exist. I can tell you this. They figured it out probably about 80 years ago or maybe even longer at medical universities that Rockefeller funding was going into on how to actually create cancer. They figured out a method on how to accelerate cancer growth, and that was through manipulation of certain hormones which is why you see a lot of plastics and all sorts of other stuff. In my opinion, based on the research I've looked at, that that's possibly the reason why you see the rise of cancer, because they figured out, the people who are funding this, figured out how to create cancer, and it is an industry that's a moneymaker, for sure. People need to look it up. They need to find out about this stuff, because I'm telling you, it's there if you look for it in the right places. Look at the universities 80 years ago and what they were researching. You will find the information. True. You know, I think about that too, Gabe, but even when people have the information, and I don't want to knock smokers. I mean, every once in a while, I'll pick up a you know cigarette once, you know, maybe once every seven months, and I'll you know puff away, and that's it, and then I'm good for another two years. But, you know, <laughs> They can read right on there. Causes cancer, may cause birth defects, you know. And they they have that information. I know. Like they're still smoking two, three packs a day. Like they know it's bad for them. So people, this is my my this is my personal gripe. They have this information. It is out there. They don't support the war. We know that the vast majority of people did not support the war and still do not support the war. Eighty goes back to mind control. Mind mind control, but they just don't do anything. They know it. They hate it. They bitch about it. Oh, all politicians are corrupt. Oh, all lawyers are this. All People corrupt. need to sit down and read Bertrand Russell because he wrote things back in the 50s that would explain the mindset that most people in today's society actually express. Right, right, They're right. told that, that, I mean, he wrote stuff about how the people would be unhappy, and they're told they're happy by the government and believe it, even though they know they're not happy. Mm. And that anything that they think was pretty much preconditioned. I mean, he wrote stuff like this in the 50s, and this stuff is now real. I mean, mm. it's amazing. So, yeah, the yeah, society's been conditioned. 
my my buddy uh, Dylan just sent me an article uh, claiming that there's been the CIA had developed. Now this is all allegedly stuff. We, we you know we don't know. This is what we read on the internet. You know we got to keep an open mind. Maybe it's true. Maybe not. But that the CIA developed some kind of cancer gun back in the 70s. This is what I do remember hearing of that. Yeah, and that it also can. They have these machines that can possibly um, create or you know falsify a heart attack. And, and kill people. I, you know, I don't, well, don't know. You don't want to. I know go frequencies over, over are also. You, they, you can use frequencies, radioactive frequencies, particularly, which will accelerate cancer growth as well as other things. I mean, they, they, a dog can pick up a sound that we can't hear, and it, yeah. a dog will go crazy. So obviously, there, there's definitely something there in terms of energy affecting people, whether it be positive or negative energy, as well as positive or neg- negative frequencies. Sure. So, I mean, it, radio they, they have studied this. I know that. Of course. Yeah, they, they, they can have an ultrasound. Why, or, you know, why, why wouldn't they have to be able to shoot some kind of ray? I mean, it sounds very science fiction, like you said, but maybe they, maybe they have it. Well, we are living in the 21st century where we have drones with equipped weapons and Terminator-style robots running around. So, I mean, quite frankly, I guess we are in the future. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm just missing the flying topic. cars. I, I'm going to throw out a topic here um, for Gabe and Miguel, um, and I'll just let you guys run with it, and, and, and then I'll jump in. The Pope. <laughs> I love that. I'm gonna throw a, a subject out here. The Pope. I can only assume why he decided to resign. I mean, for all we know, that there's, there's going to be a huge scandal coming out with all of these, um, you know, pedophilia sex scandals that are breaking. I mean, Ireland, for example, has a huge Catholic uh, pedophilia problem that I actually saw in uh, one of the Irish papers uh, not too long ago that was reported. So there's clearly something going on inside the institution of the uh, Catholic Church that isn't being addressed properly. Well, first first of all, I'd like to say that there's a lot of shady business going on in the Vatican. It's been recorded yeah. for many, many years. Um, and anyone who does any sort of research on the Vatican, aside from it being one of the most holy places on the planet, uh, can find that information if they really want to go and look for it. Um, when when you mentioned the Pope and what it means to have this new individual um, as the Pope, uh, the first word that comes to mind in my mind is Jesuits. This is a Jesuit Pope. And, um, well, I have to sense, ask too, Miguel, why did they pick this guy? Why, they Obviously, we know I the mean, institution is controlled, so they pick people for a reason. They it's not very democratic. Listen, the, for the, us. Day, the day that the day that he was elected pope, I I uh, I was watching uh, what is it the the Turks? What's that show called? Uh, the Young Latin. Turks. Yeah, the Young Turks. I was watching the Young Turks, and they were interviewing an ABC uh, correspondent that was in uh, Italy, Vatican covering City. Suddenly, yeah, she was in Vatican City, and uh, she was. Talking about the, you know, what he's done throughout the years, he actually was running for the pope before the last pope was chosen, and uh, you know he was the type of anti-pope. He was like, oh, please don't choose me. He came in second, apparently, um, and he was like, oh, please don't choose me. You know, I'm not, I'm not that type of guy. I don't want any, any. Uh, I don't want the spotlight on me. I want to be the more undercover type of guy. You know, there's pictures of, of, there's pictures of this guy kissing uh, cancer. 
<laughs> yeah, right, right. He was like the you know, but there, there's pictures of this guy out on the internet kidding, kissing uh, kids' feet that have uh, cancer. They're going through therapy, you know, and um, uh, you know he's he's in obscure places helping out people. Um, so he he was kind of like the anti-spotlight type of guy, and so uh, I guess naturally, he, I, I guess <laughs> naturally he was their he was their choice to be the next pope. But I can't help but that you know I have I mean if anyone comes you know the first thing if anyone looks at my collection of books, um, the first thing that they see is this section that I I keep like kind of away from all the other books about the Jesuits and their connections towards other things their 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 beliefs. Uh, some of their sick ritualistic um, initiations that they have for some of their uh, security, if you want to call them that, their security. But you know, I uh, you know, and even some of the Jesuit infiltrators that I believe were trying to infiltrate, occupy uh, Jersey, Jersey City uh, during that time, during during their time here. Um, this just I mean, from, uh, and, and also and also the, the the other research the other the other research that I've done with the Jesuits and also their role in the New World Order or whatever you want to call it the Illuminati things like you know what you know there's multi uh, levels of names for the same group of individuals that uh, supposedly run the elite puppet yeah exactly the, the global that's what they are <laughs> you know the, the the ones that you know pull the pop the strings of the puppets or whatever and I I believe in you know. I don't know if you guys, but you know, what I believe is that the Jesuits do play a role in this um, massive plan. Alongside, you know, I also believe the Zionists are, are in there as well, and certain uh, secret societies. Well, I consider it like a crime you know. family, organized mafia type setting, where Bilderberg, for example, is just one of the boardroom meetings that all these families get together. They probably don't even like each other. They probably like to kill each other, but in order to prevent having civil wars between each other, they kind of have to meet and talk and, you know, maintain control over their part of the planet. That's how I look at it. So, yeah, Jesuits are clearly in the uh, playing field with the Zionists and many other groups and organizations, no doubt. Miguel, did you mean um, the Jesuits from St. Peter's College? Yes, I did. Okay. And no, actually, I, I meant that. Uh, what's that guy's name? The uh, the guy who Father comes Stump. to the meeting. Occupied, yes, that guy. Father Stump. Yeah, I I, I believe that uh, he played a major role in. Yeah, there was something that. that was very uncomfortable. He was a, a priest that would come to Occupy Jersey City, you know, quite often. I would see him in you know in circles of anti-war through the years, and you know, there's always kind of like this lukewarm kind of oh peace, we want peace, not war, and you know they maybe hang out for an hour, hold a couple of signs, and then do nothing. And that that's sort of what this moveon.org group is. It's just wishy-washy <laughs> Democrats. You know, yeah, we Democrats. saw them out at uh, the Mitt Romney thing in uh, the Hamptons, me and Miguel. And here in, in Jersey City, this uh, Jesuit priest, I guess he's Jesuit priest from, from St. Peter's, was coming to occupying, I, I'm going to say, infiltrating, because he was telling us, Oh, you shouldn't have this kind of sign. Shouldn't have this kind of sign. Shouldn't have anything anti anti Obama. And we're like, well, why? That's that same guy. That was that same guy. <laughs> if this is the same person you're talking about, it is, sounds it is, like MoveOn.org telling me I couldn't he, say he anything was, about was. Obama. He was part of MoveOn.org, wasn't he? He's the head of MoveOn.org in this area. Yes. <laughs> oh, how that interesting! Team, 
That yes. same Jesuit priest was a, was the head of MoveOn.org for Hudson That's County. a double whammy <laughs> right there. <laughs> and it gets worse because we did a teaching at St. Peter's College. Miguel, Miguel was invited. Yeah, actually, actually, Miguel, did you perform or one of your friends did a, did a poetry uh, uh, reading or something? Um, Dead Poet Society, uh, which is Dead Just Putt and Sergeant Over, they, they performed yeah. there. But there was an all-day event, and not only Father Stump, but another um, peace activist, the big peace activist there, um, forbade the organizers of this Occupied Jersey City event from, from you're gonna, this is so disgusting, from talking about Palestine and Palestinian rights, could not talk about the Young Lords, the, the Puerto Rican Latino you know, uh, uh, empowerment group, or the Black Panthers. Those were topics that were off the table. You couldn't talk well, about them. That sounds very much like my experience when me and Miguel again were at the, um, you know, Occupy the Koch Brothers um, Mitt Romney event oh, yeah. in July last year. I was told That's I couldn't talk about Obama. Let me ask you something. Why? I, I know that we've been, you know, taught to. Why is it like it's Ed Koch, but this is the Koch Brothers? Why? Why? I'm just, I don't know. I mean, I'm just throwing this question. I've always called them Koch brothers because C-H is... Yeah, but I hear everybody, even though it's spelled the same, everybody's referring to them as the Koch brothers, like Koch. I, I normally to... would call them Koch brothers, and everyone would call them Koch brothers. It's weird. Wait a minute. So, so, so it's not pronounced Koch? It's called, it's, I don't think it is. I don't know. I'm just wondering because... Well, this is what bothers me that we get we get even brainwashed. <laughs> For instance, with you know, I'm going to say Colin because it isn't Colin. Everybody would call him Colin Powell, Colin Powell, Colin, 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 Colin. You don't pronounce that name, Colin. Colin is your asshole, Colin Powell. Why is <laughs> why, because he's you know, the you asshole don't say in the Colin, room. You don't you don't say Colin Farrell. You don't say uh, you know who's that other actor? You know Colin Holmes. Colin, you say uh, Colin. Uh, what's that comedian? Colin. The comedian, uh, Colin. Uh, what's the other? Uh, he used to have a show on the Comedy Central. Colin. Uh, man, I forgot his name. Shit. But it was, was like uh, Irish. I think. Why? Well, at least somebody else picked up on this factor about the Koch brothers. I mean, yeah, no reason. I, I, I'm. I haven't really called them to... that other than recently because no one else right. wants to call them by that name. And I'm what? That's what I'm wondering. Why? Like. Do they? Is that how they pronounce it, or is it to de? Is it to remove them out of a certain ethnicity or religion? You know, to, to Colin Quinn. Colin Quinn. That was his name. Colin Quinn. Yeah, would you say Colin? Colin, Colin Quinn. Quinn. You don't say Colin Quinn. You say Colin Quinn. Hey, right. how you doing, Colin? Yeah, Colin. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, yeah, we have a funny uh, way of saying names sometimes. That's for sure. Well, here's another right. subject to go out, uh, which is very prominent at the moment right now. And I just like to say that yesterday, um, yesterday I don't know if you got my message, Eric, but I actually uh, sent the message to you because I was so excited. I was actually speaking to uh, one of the main organizers behind the Brooklyn protests um, through email last night. Her name is uh, Fatima Shakur. She's a member of the New Black Panther Party, as well as another, uh, I'm sorry, a number of other activist groups in Brooklyn, um, she has agreed to do an interview with us. So, you know, for everybody out there in archive land, I guess, uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, that's great, great news. Yeah. I, I want to make a correction. I, I made a mistake. I, I, 
um, said that Dylan, it was actually another listener, John, uh, sent in the uh, uh, one of the other topics that I was just talking about. So I just wanted to correct that. <clears throat> um, that's great. You know, we have to co- cover topics like this new uprising in Brooklyn where they had... Uh, first of all, the last year, there was a 16-year-old who was shot. Now, whether this person had a, a gun or not, I do not know. But I do know that a 16-year-old was shot. And apparently in the back... In the um, back. People, people have been... You know, there's been this uprising. And from what I understand, there's been this um, almost unheard of until Occupy this freeze zone, this area where there's no media allowed in. They forbid the media from coming in. It looked like Occupy Wall Street when I saw the news coverage of like five seconds of the video footage. I wanted to go down there, but I just couldn't get down there. All right. I'll tell you. Listen, so so I know know people from both sides, and I think this has to be said. Um, There are a lot of people in that Brooklyn community um, especially the, um, I forgot his name, he's the councilman um, who's been representing a lot of the people from that area of Brooklyn. One um, of his tweets, I'll, I'll think of his name, I can't think of it right now. One of his tweets uh, while he was uh, there during the second day of protests was like, uh, he, he was stating that people who are not members of the community, please don't come down and uh, don't Start any trouble. Um, there, there were people there that were just going there to start, uh, you know, inciting people to attack the police. You're always um, gonna have that throwing happen. Throwing stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, one of my one of my friend uh, Michael Pelagati's friends, um, this this woman uh, Jenna Pope, who's a uh, you know she she's somewhat active in a lot of things. Like she's she's in a lot of uh, um, events. Uh, especially, she's been in, in a lot of events in Wisconsin. But when I see her, you know, up here in, in the northern areas, she's uh, mostly doing photography work. While she was doing photography work, people were throwing bottles and, and stuff at, at people um, who really didn't want to get photographed. Um, so she ended up getting hit in the head with a, an object. She doesn't know what hit her. She was bleeding profusely out of her forehead. And wow. um, while I was looking at some of the postings on one of the uh, events pages for the Brooklyn protests, one of the women there made this statement um, that there were, there were people there who were not from the neighborhood, had no idea what was going on there, mostly Caucasian. I'm just going to say that as well. Um, you know, this is a, a, a predominantly black neighborhood, and um, all they see is another Caucasian person with a camera in their face and taking their pictures um, and uh, trying to record their actions um, of them angry while not looking at the police, really, most of the time. So they, they got pissed off, especially at the Occupy Wall Street protesters, which they felt was not wanted at their protests. So there was some uh, division. There, there, was some, there was some division between the Brooklyn protesters, who, especially, the, especially the family members of the, the child that was shot, and the Occupy protesters. Apparently, during one of the, uh, you know, the uh, they they wanted si- you know a moment of silence for the kid. Somebody from the Occupy Wall Street movement actually tried to do a mic check during oh, a moment oh, of silence, no. and um, that did not rub the people the right way. I can see why. So I, 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 I I think oh, that's just that, that you know I just want to bring that up that a lot of these people don't want anything to do with the Occupy Wall Street protesters. 
I've, I've been I've been on a million marches with Occupy Wall Street. I consider myself a, a member of that, as well as Occupy New Jersey, and um, during joint even Occupy Bilderberg. Gabe will tell you a lot of the people there weren't Occupy Wall Street protesters. Okay, well, no, they came out of all their Republican. movements. Right. They, they, most of them, there was MoveOn.org people there, too. A lot of them were anti-Republicans, and they did not want you to, to speak badly about Obama, which is very That's the Mitt Romney thing, for sure. I got ostracized for even trying to point out how Mitt Romney and Obama have so many overlapping similarities that why would you support either? I got chewed right. out for that. Right. I, I was I told by that. a protester saying, I'm not here to think. <laughs> Oh, I don't want to uh, I'm not here to think. Right. That was an older woman. Though. She was like in her early 70s that yelled at Gabe. You know, I, I want to point something else out, too, that a lot of times, well, I maybe mean, I shouldn't say a lot of times, but, but there are times when there are provocateurs in these crowds that are maybe or undercover. Like, I don't want to say police, but they could be. They could, could be, be also groups. It could be anything that starts shit and throw bottles. Now, the other side of it is once you've told the people, back off, I don't want my picture taken, you have an angry crowd, people are upset, there's this black-white dynamic that goes on, and you know we'd be lying to ourselves if we didn't say that, that, that even in 2013 there's still you know, abhorrent racism that's prevalent in our society. So... You know, I don't want a camera shoved in my face. I remember being at Occupy and, and Occupy Jersey City, and I don't know who these people are. And there were many, and a lot of them were Caucasian. There was a blonde girl there. There was a white dude. I haven't seen him since the first couple of months of Occupy Jersey City. And there was always a friggin' camera in my face and other people's faces, and it was annoying. And I know part of Occupy's... Um, uh, whole plan was, oh, everything's out in the open. Oh, we do this. But, but it's a, when you don't want to be photographed, I don't want to be photographed, you know? I'm also an actor, so I'm very protective of my image. You know, we're not doing anything illegal, but I don't want to be photographed. If I, if I would just went to somebody on the street and, and slammed a, uh, you know, a camera in their face and started taking pictures, they'd probably punch me in my face. So I understand, <laughs> even though I have celebrities, I understand that even though it's your right, it's annoying. And at what point do you, you know, just because you're a photographer and you want to take pictures, can I stand in front of any of, you know, your houses? And, yeah, it's public property. But at what point does it become uh, harassment? What, at what I point does a, it become annoying? You know? I think, that's a, I think that's a point. I think that's an important point that every photographer needs to take into consideration. Right, photographing right. the police is one thing, but when you're photographing the people who are pissed off, that might not be the best uh, course of action. Well, I support that They don't community. give a shit about you. You know, they they'll do something to you. And initially, that that's what happened to this to this woman. You know, I, whether she meant well or not, to them, to the people in it. I mean, listen, I can understand if I'm you know something's going on in my town and my nephew or son or whatever just got killed. And I'm pissed off, and I, uh, you know, my tensions are high, and there's this person that I have no idea, or I have no idea who she is, or even if I know who she is, I know who she's down with, and, and I don't like what she's down with, and she's over there, to, you know, I can understand how things might get out of control. I'm not going to say I'm going to chuck something at her head, but, <laughs> right. you know, I, I, can, I can understand why something would go wrong. Right. right. I, I, I support the abortion, but no, you I, know, nobody, 
condone that, but I, you know, I, it's, a, a mob has its own mentality sometimes. You know, it kind of moves in mass. Everybody Called just follows. Democracy. Yeah, right, 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 right. And <laughs> you know, I don't. You don't want to have those reactions, but you know, I'm just. I'm not saying I condone it, but I'm. I'm trying to understand what would be the reason that would make somebody. Uh, you know, react that way. Like, all right. I guess it's a paranoia of outsiders, you know, infringing upon the community. And I I fully endorse that right of that community to handle the situation that they feel is necessary. However, I don't know if they have enough strength to deal with the corrupted police in that community. That's at the same time, I don't think the uh, certain occupiers understand the situation either because I consider them, no disrespect to Miguel or any of my myself included to be amateurs. They don't under, they have never been in these situations, so they don't understand the situation at hand of what they're dealing with in that community or any kind of community like that. Hey, I'm no amateur, I, man. I'm no amateur. I agree. <laughs> You're not an amateur. That's my point, Miguel. You've been on these marches and you've seen some pretty silly behavior. I mean, because of the silly oh, yeah, behavior, I got arrested for it even though it wasn't right. necessarily my fault. Well, that's why I think we can spot these, um, you know, provocateurs and shills and infiltrators immediately. You know, I've, I've been doing this. I, you know, I'm no newbie to this either. I've been doing this for almost three decades. And, you know, I have friends who, who have been doing this even longer than I have. And you can spot people immediately. immediately. They're not organic. Right. At all. Exactly. When we were at Occupy Bilderberg, me and Miguel, I don't know if Miguel was there yet, there was a guy walking around talking about how he wanted to, uh, he thought it would be a wonderful idea if the hotel blew up. Wow. And he was trying to get people to go around and agree with him, and uh, eventually he disappeared when people wouldn't buy it. Wow. So we have to assume, I'm just going to assume that he was probably a provocateur of some kind, not sure if he was a police provocateur or maybe a Bilderberg provocateur. Either way, he was definitely his intentions were not at the protest for positive reasons. I can guarantee that. Right. Oh, there was there was a couple of those guys that that were shady. I've had a couple of those conversations you know, yeah. down at, at down at Ground Zero. You know, uh, talking about nine eleven, there was probably about thirty or forty of us. This is maybe seven seven years ago, five seven years ago. I don't remember. And I'll never forget it. One of these guys, blonde hair guy, 9-11 t-shirt, started a conversation with me. And he's like, yeah, oh, yeah, we should, you know, take it up to the next level. And I agree with that. We should. You know, I, I agree with <laughs> Yeah, but well, what is he referring to? Is he oh, referring I'll to bring you. it to the politicians I'll or t- bring it I'll to a gun? You, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what he was referring to. He said, yeah, you know, what we should do is, you know, this is the this is the plan. We should go and we should, you know, break into um, <laughs> into, into we should break into me in news media, uh, studios like ABC, CBS, Fox. Oh, they we tried telling hold, you that too. <laughs> and and some woman hold, tried that on me. And we should hold hostage the the not that the, far. Uh, and I said, dude, I'm ending the conversation now. I don't want anything <laughs> to do with you. Walk away from me. And you know, I was he, he, he was either an agent provocateur or he had a few screws loose. There's no question about that. Absolutely. But, yeah, that's very similar to a woman back in 2010 of August when we were having a film screening at 56 Walker. She was, like, sitting on the ground. I don't even know where she came from, quite frankly. She kind of nudged her way over. She's looking for the conspiracy <laughs> group. 
I'm looking for the conspiracy group, she's saying. And she looked kind of familiar, like I've seen her from somewhere before, but I didn't know who she was. But I let her talk. She tried to point out some kind of conspiracy theory where Obama's working with Muslims and he's going to blow up a, a Glenn Beck event and we got to go find Glenn Beck and show him the news articles. we got to storm the building. we got to storm the Fox News building and show Glenn Beck all the articles she has. Uh, and I refused to do that, and she started getting really angry with me particularly and said I didn't wow. care about anything and saying we all got to go and nobody would go. And you know what it turns out? When she eventually walks off, uh, let's just say we kind of snatched one of her papers out of her uh, folder, and it had the ADL's number in it. So oh, I have to assume, which I, consider, which I consider a hate group, by the way. Oh, <laughs> it, it's, it's an anti-American <laughs> group, group at best. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the ADL's wow. number was written on there with our event page information, which was public, and some Tea Party guy. So I think this woman was going around trying to set people up. Personally, I could be wrong, but why do you have the ADL's number, including Tea Party, in our event when the ADL has been known for smearing both the Tea Party and us, regardless of what people think of the Tea Party? Bottom line is they... She was definitely not a real organic person. And we sniffed her out, and she walked away. But I've had this happen to me. I've I've been aware, and quite frankly, speaking of ADL and all of these groups that are, you know, trying to set us up, so to speak, who's seen the uh, report on uh, Chris Matthews with the uh, Southern Poverty Law Center, uh, Mark oh, Potok, yeah. a.k.a. Bozo the Clown? Oh yeah, we're the organization that we are members of is mentioned in that video clip. I've definitely seen yeah, it. Yeah, they mention we are changed by name, and from the the tone of the discussion, they were implying that we're a extremist fringe slash terrorist organization, and that we're committing to potentially blow up <laughs> buildings, whatever that means. Now, I, I can tell you right now, I'm not going to be found blowing up anything because that's not what my intentions are. And I'm not part of a terrorist organization because what, am, what are we really doing? We're handing out food to people. We're helping people. We're doing outreach. We're actually working within the law to stop criminals, real terrorists, I might add. But yet we're the ones who are being labeled these slanderous and libel labels, quite frankly. I mean, it's amazing. And then this guy, Mark Potok, is on TV saying everybody that hates Obama hates him because he's black. <laughs> I, I mean, it, 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 this guy's on TV no, saying all, these things with a straight face. First of all, first of all, first of all, he's not black. He's just as white as he is black. That's you know, a conspiracy there's, 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 theory, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you believe in conspiracy theories. He, he wasn't born in America either. Well, we don't know where the hell he was born. He could have been born in uh, Chicago for all we know, but this birth certificate, this doctor, we don't know. <laughs> right. Go ahead, Eric. You, you, go ahead, continue, Eric. You going to say something? The crazy yeah, is, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm so white, I'm practically transparent, but does that mean I was supposed <laughs> to support Bush? Well, you know, because he was, you know, White or no, or Reagan or these other you know 
war machines that, that were the, you know, the corporate mascot for four and eight years? No. These presidents, I'm not going to support them because they're white. Well, well, according to Southern Poverty Law, Sonny, you're racist if you don't believe what they say. Well, that's just, you know, that's just a, a smear campaign to shut people up because who wants that label? You know, I can't believe they actually say these things with a straight face. Well, they, it, it's an effective tool because nobody wants to be labeled anti-Semitic, and that's what the Zionists use when you dare yeah, the, the ADL Israel or ADL or, or the, the defamation ADL. league, as I call them. Uh huh. Right. They will <laughs> smear you, and they will nail you, and they, you know, unless you have the brains and the, the fearless uh, power to fight them back and look them in the face and go, "You have no power here. Leave." And they usually do. Once you beat them with logic and truth. They, they flee. So you have, to, you have to be steadfast with these people. You have to be steadfast and strong. What I was going to say, what's also pretty amazing in this report that we we're watching on TV is that they, they basically, uh, anybody who's not pro the system is a fringe enemy element of, you know, the government. And we're all going to go out and we're all exploding they they mentioned truthers in there. They mentioned people who were involved with Tea Party politics. Anybody who does not subscribe to these monopolized false paradigms are now being attacked as potential terrorists. They're going to blow things up when the evidence shows that the only people blowing things up are our own federal government in many cases. They have all the money and the weapons to do it. Speaking of um, blowing up, uh, I'll switch gears again. Um, sure. What do people think about the North Korea uh, sending a few missiles out to sea? Any, oh any yeah, that's I've been I've been paying a lot of. Well, it all started when I read the article that Dennis Rodman was hanging out with <laughs> the guy from uh, North Korea. And uh, he apparently said that if uh, all all this guy wants is Obama to give him a phone call, and the, the mass media is just saying that he's he's going to drop bombs on America, but in actuality well, he's supposed to talk to Obama over the phone. Well, yeah, they, any country that's not part of the banking establishment of the you know the the debt system is uh, you know considered a terrorist country, and I don't so much like the government of North Korea, but. It's kind of like anything, no. I mean, I, I may not like somebody, but I'm not going to smear them to the point where I'm completely lying about them, whereas our media does that about anybody that is not involved with our banking system. Right. They say Osama did I mean, 9-11, we, we but... Shoot, we ship missiles all the time. I mean, Israel tests missiles all the time. Why can't... I mean, as much as I abhor it, as much as I do not want weapons or fighting or war, why is it okay, I mean, this is rhetorical, but, you know, why is it okay for America and Israel to test, and I'm, re- I'm linking Israel, uh, because they always According link. to the media, so Israel doesn't have any nuclear missiles they're always, they're always standing steadfast, you know, with Israel, so, but if it's okay, and they condone those tests, why isn't it okay for these other nations to do the same? Why can't Iran get nuclear power? Why can't they? Everybody yeah. else has it. You know. you know what, Eric? It's, it's not. It's not even that. It's America 
seems to have the right to talk shit about anyone else that they're going to do this, that, and that, you know, this, that, and the other to every other country. But when another country says that they're going to do something back to us, we terrify our own citizens into wanting to get into action to destroy this other country. How many times has America said that, that we could bomb, you know, Iraq, Iran, Iran. you know, Saudi Arabia, everybody, right? How many times have we threatened Iran? Imagine if China repeatedly said, we're going to bomb the United States. We're going to, or having oh, a, right. you know, uh, one of the, I don't know what it's called, maybe the parliament, you know, or whatever it is in China, uh, you know, having some Chinese guy saying, bomb, 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 USA, like, to make a joke out of it like John McCain did, you know, four or eight years ago, whenever it was. Can you imagine? I mean, what the hell? These people are sick. You don't joke about well, it. Well, it's kind of like the analogy of a, a gang of people holding you up against the wall with your arms and legs attached and somebody hitting you constantly. And the moment you break free and actually defend yourself, you're, you're a terrorist. Right. Same thing. Right. Wow, I mean, really? that, that was that was a crazy analogy right there. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, I'm think about it. How many times has the country shed blood across the planet and then accused people of being terrorists for daring to even speak their mind, let alone actually okay. do something? <laughs> okay. I mean, it's crazy. And I, I love this country, but I don't like the people running it into the ground, running our name into the ground and just smearing it in the complete, like, doo-doo. You know what? Uh, everyone else from every other country believes the same thing. We, they love the people of the country. They just hate the government that runs. That's why our government is so hell-bent on creating a collectivized perception of the people in these countries in telling the American people, those people are the government there, so they think that we're all bad. Rather than you know the people realizing, actually, these people don't even like their own government. And quite frankly, they don't want to be in a conflict with us either. They just everyone's tired of these establishment wars in every country running their country's names into the ground. I certainly am tired to hear of that. I mean, the media won't even admit that Israel has any nuclear weapons, but meanwhile, according to this document I have from Global Zero, which was this uh, conference in D.C. from 2011, and this is a real conservative estimate. It, it, they admit there's eight, there's over 80 nuclear weapons in that country. That that that, that reminds me of a last. Um, the new the new, new the gentleman who who's in jail now for exposing that Israel has uh, nuclear weapons. I believe. Let me check here. I think I believe his name was Ben Bradley Manning. No, 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 no. It was an Israeli. Um, let me see. Yeah, but no Israel. Mordecai Benuna, that's his name. And he's an Israeli? Yeah. And uh, he, he must be anti Semitic too. Well that that that's well when when you're actually a, a Jewish man or woman and you condemn or you, you go against Zionism or you, you condemn this, what Israel is doing, that what they use for people who are Jewish is you're a self hating Jew. Yeah, if, if you're, you're self-hating if, Jew. If you're going like, like our friend Richard if, if you're going like me, you hate being a Jew it. for not wanting to kill people. Right, right. These empty terms that everyone throws around to, to try to, to delegitimize any kind of dissent. Right. It's going to get to the point where no, these terms are no longer going to have any effect, and nobody's going to buy into them anymore. I mean, I. 
yeah, there's probably racism still going on, and I know there is, but when I hear that term thrown around so constantly, I'm so numb to the bullshit aspect of it not actually being in the case of what I'm hearing, where it just, I, it, it doesn't work. Hey, listen, I, I look Gabe. for legitimate I, racism. Pretty, I got I got I got I got to say this as well. I'm I'm pretty sure we all th- we all three of us know the same individual that I'm about to speak about. Um who just blames everything on the Jews. The guy stubs his toe in the morning out of, coming out of bed he blames the fucking Jews. No you know, comment. Uh, this, this, yeah, you know who I'm talking about. Eric knows as so as much as I do. You know, it, it, it it's ridiculous, you know. That there are I can't collectivize people. Just, listen. I'm just talking about this guy. And, no, I know. Uh, there, no, I, I mean, know. There, group, I know what oh, okay, you're talking no, about. Right. Listen, there, there's a group of them that do it too, um, that just blame everything on the Jews. Well, it, it's and called me personally. I refuse to label this entire group of people, no matter what the hell they believe, unless you know. Well, I mean, outside from the Zionists, I guess you know. But right. I, I, I can't. I can't. This, I can't do it. Flawed, I can't believe. I can't believe thinking. that all the Jews. Are, are behind all the suffering. Yes, yeah, so one year old child is behind everything. I have a little exactly. difficulty imagining that, right. but hey, whatever. I can't tell uh, them no. what to think. But this is the this is the reason why collectivism is a flawed kind of thinking because you become blinded by imagining everybody to be that rather than being able to dissect down to the individual and seeing the individual for their merits, whether they be positive or negative merits. People <laughs> are in collectivist thinking. I mean, for example, I we're constantly attacked, or at least I am, because of groups I'm associated with, and we've been labeled as anti-Semitic and racist when we don't even have any of those aspects to our group. But you can't rationally have a discussion with somebody who's collectivist, because right. no matter what you say, you're collectively all equally thinking the same thing, even if maybe you're not. What's the truth? They want to smear you. They want to shut you down. You know, but you, you're absolutely right. You know, Miguel and guys, it's not about you know being anti-Semitic at all. We love the Jewish people. Many people, Jews are against what's going on. We what we stand for is <clears throat> fairness and and you know anti-war. That's it's very simple. And well, when, whether when it's we were, whether it's Christian, whether it's Zionist, whether it's you know whether it's um, you know, just people who have no religion, who are pro-war. I'm just against it. Doesn't matter. You know, doesn't matter. And I well, think we I'll, do it in a very sophisticated way. You know, explaining our position. Well, I'll put it to you this way: there, uh, last year during uh, street actions for the 9/11 events that I was uh, co-hosting with other people, um, we had a lot of uh, Jewish uh, activists come out against the ADL. I might add more so than the year before, and that's. Because recently, in the last two years, we've been tackling the ADL and you know Israeli consulate due to the 9/11 issues, and you know some people think that that would be a PR nightmare. But I've noticed that you know in years passing, these last two years, there's actually been an increase of uh, Jewish 9/11 truth activists who have been speaking out against the ADL and speaking out against the Israeli consulate for 9/11 oriented issues. So, I mean, I think it's time that people start having adult, rational discussions about these issues instead of knee-jerk, reactionary BS preventing any kind of real discussion of the facts. I think well, over that's time you're going to see more of we, that. You're right, Gabe. That's what we want because we are, you know, I'm going to say, 
highly, you know, we're intellectuals. We're the intelligentsia. We are. We're artists and we're smart and we're political. We're the intelligentsia. They're not, they want to keep the corporate status quo and their agenda is to crush people like us. They don't want that. They don't want a sophisticated discussion. They want to, you know, they want to dumb it down. Right. And they want to dumb it down and they need, what they need is to keep, um, you know, anti-Semitism alive because without anti-Semitism. It's an industry. Yeah, it's an industry. And you don't need the state of, of Israel and you don't need the American support for, for the state of Israel. So, if, if the state of Israel wishes to exist, it should exist without our dollars paying for it. If they want to, if they want to survive, they should do it themselves. Right. I, I, hey, either I way, I, we won't be influencing the issue. That's all I know. Sorry to interrupt. I got to tell you guys really quickly that we've come up onto the half hour mark. We have a half hour left. Are you guys cool with another thirty minutes? I'm yeah, always sure. cool. All right, uh, Eric, cool. you all right? Cool. So I posted this uh, this article on uh, Twitter and Facebook the other day that uh, showed the seven things that uh, hold on I'm about to bring it up seven things that Democrats would have got oh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Not, not Democrats, uh, seven things that the... Uh, yeah, Democrats um, would have freaked out. Democrats would have freaked out. Yeah, they, would, they would have freaked out if Bush had done them. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, Obama has done them, and uh, it kind of shows the, uh, what they, uh, you know, con- you know walking contradiction of all these Democratic people, especially not, you know, taking part in any of the, anti- any of the anti-war, um, you know, events as of late. It seems like it's just the really true activist people that have been anti-war, um, it looks like they've, they've all, you know, all of the other older anti-war uh, activists have attached themselves uh, by the mouth to the left testicle of Barack Obama um, ever since he was elected. <laughs> Ew. Oh, my and God. That's, that's, hey, well, that's essentially what I mean, Miguel is pretty accurate in his graphic uh, depiction there because <laughs> let's face it, up, what are they oh saying? What should I do should, picture in my head? Have we not have we not spoken about this on previous shows? They should be ashamed of themselves for the uh, hypocrites you know, beyond uh, words of expression here. I mean they these were the people who were screaming against Bush all day long and now they're not screaming about anything because they don't seem to care nor it makes me wonder if they ever actually did care. Quite frankly, have they, have they been really paying attention on what's going on lately, or have they just turned a blind eye to all these children dying and all the drone strikes? I, I got a lot of flack back in the 2003 period when I was very supportive of George Bush, and yeah, I'll admit it. But you know what? I was a real human being. Blasphemy! I was a real human being, and you know what? I woke up, and quite frankly, I'm ashamed of all these people who yelled at me for being supportive of Bush. who won't even speak right. a single word in criticism against what Obama's doing, and it has nothing to do with being a Republican or Democrat in my right. uh, criticism of the Democrats here or anybody who's following Obama at this point. It's like, how are they not aware of what Obama has done? He signed things that George Bush would have been crucified for if he ever tried in a million years to get passed. Right. I don't now get you, it. 
I'm sorry, agreeing with what no, you this, just said here, 100%, my, my, I'll also look at the other side. My problem also with all these phonies and frauds, yes, in the left, and I'm the first one to criticize and condemn the left, and I have repeatedly condemned them for not sticking and, and keeping up the pressure. And, but here is the other side of the issue. Where were the same people who were so vociferous and loud and against Obama, right, as, as they should be, where were these same people? Where were these Tea Party, oh, you know, with their Tea Party hats and their, you know, friggin' you know, Paul Revere shit, oh, I'm a patriot. Where were you, asshole? Where were you, dude, when Ashcroft and Cheney were shredding the Constitution? Where were you when Condoleezza Rice and George Bush were shredding the Constitution? Where were you? I don't mean you personally. I mean, they, you know where what they, they were doing? They were calling let, people let, like let, me let, a let, French let, let, maniac. Let me finish. Let me finish. Where were they, and I've said this before on the show, where were they during the USA Patriot Act? One of the most un-American pieces of crap that has ever come across uh, the, the, the table for any president to sign, and Obama re-signed it. He was supposed to have a sunset clause, and he didn't. He extended it. So where well, are these same people? <laughs> it works both ways. You know, we of can condemn these phonies now, but where were these other phonies back They're then? They're being neutralized where by Fox they? News for years. They're being neutralized by the the Fox News. Didn't you know, exist Rupert then. Rupert Fox, News moved, Fox News did not exist then. Fox News was not around when. Uh, no, I'm saying George they existed Bush. back in 2001, two, three. I mean, I used to and watch I'm constantly. Prior, and I'm talking even prior to that. You know, during. Uh, Oh, uh, you know, uh, Bush Senior and the beginning of J- Bush Junior. Where were they back then? Well, you all knew I couldn't tell then. you. I was only about ten years old, probably at the time, so I couldn't tell you. Oh. But uh, I could tell you this: as far as 2000, you know, after 9/11, 9/11 really mind it, it really screwed people's minds up, where people sure. were not rationally thinking. And we're willing to give up any kind of liberties in order to have any kind of protection without thinking of the long-term damage that would actually do to the country as well as their freedoms. I mean, I woke up about 2005 to realize both parties were pretty corrupted when I didn't see Bush was doing anything that he should have been doing at that point. Politics should have been thrown out the window. He was, you know, he earned his second election. At that point, you should have done what you're supposed to do, but he wasn't doing anything by that point, so I kind of became disillusioned by him. However, I think uh, Fox News for the last 10 years have neutralized any kind of conservative dissent against the government. The legitimate people like myself, but there's also a lot of not very legitimate people involved with the Republican Party who only care about the party. They don't care about the country or anything, for that matter. And they'll sit there and defend their party when they're in power, but bitch about, you know, the opposition party. That's what I see all these news hosts doing and uh, commentators. They never wanted to talk about anything Bush was doing. They just say liberals hate Bush all day long, and that's all I'd ever hear. Well, I figured it out. Unfortunately, you want to know why they weren't screaming. There, it's because they were being neutralized. 
and they were being told everything was A-OK when in reality everything wasn't A-OK because they were getting tunnel vision. I got tunnel vision, so I can assure you there were plenty others. That's why they weren't actively vocal in the street, probably. I'm sure there's other reasons. That's one of the reasons I can give you, at least from what I've seen, from my own personal experience. You know what? Let's talk a little bit about the impact that live streamers have made on uh, this new wave of independent media coverage and how important it is on the current state of events that are happening across the world. Um, to, the, to the point that uh, two people that I know from um, mainly the Occupy Wall Street movement, but they've moved on to cover many other protests recently, um, Michael Pelagotti, which we all know. Um, yeah. you know. Me and Eric have known him for years. Gabe, you've, you know, we've, we've all hung out um, in, in Zuccotti Park a number of times. Yeah, and absolutely. this other guy, uh, uh, Matt Hoppert, I believe is how you pronounce his name. I might be butchering his last name. I'm not too sure. Um, but they've both been contacted by, um, you know, mainstream media outlets like the New York Post, New York Times for their, uh, you know, screenshots and video clips that they take from their live stream uh, videos that apparently these, these mainstream uh, uh, media reporters, they, they check out every once in a while, which is actually kind of cool. I mean, you know, these, yeah. you know they, they have their own cameras that they distort to their uh, agenda of coverage. But it looks like they're watching the live streamers as well to see their point of view on certain types of things. Um, I believe, especially you know, in, in, in this, this new worldwide wave of uh, activism that's been happening these past couple of years, I think that, that this, these live streaming uh, individuals who um, I consider a lot of, you know, some of the most prominent and important people of this day and age um, – I think it's a great thing that they're out there showing exactly what's happening as it happens and how, how many people uh, watch it. Um, what do you guys think is, is, is uh, you know, so great about this, um, this thing and the importance of it and how, how it makes you feel, especially when you watch it, it's, you know, it's, it's being shown from the ground level, how it kind of makes you feel like you're there in the mix while it's happening with, all you, you know, with everyone else. Because you are. It's, it's raw. It's immediate. It's pure. It's truth. And this is what freaks them out because they're nothing but a set and they're reading teleprompters and they're, they're reading what they're told to read. It's a pack of lies. You know, when they say, uh, you know, Ahmadinejad said to wipe Israel off the face of the, of the map, uh, you know, we all know in, in our movement that's a lie. He never said that. You know, when they tell you that... They misrepresented, uh, absolutely. They misrepresented, right. When they tell you that Iraq had weapons of mass destruction, we knew it. I knew they didn't have it. Lamond knew it. Um, all the media around the world knew it. But the idiots who follow Fox News and the mainstream media here, ABC, CBS, NBC, you know, this, this is a this this live streaming is right there. It, it, you can't edit it. You can't. It's right there. There it is. You know, right in front of your face. So it's a threat to them. So they are. I, I, they're, I they're still see nervous. Dick Cheney go on. Sean Hannity show and say Ahmadinejad said he wants to wipe off Israel off the face of the earth or some yeah. crazy nonsense like that. I still and I heard this about two months ago. I mean, they're still pushing that crazy thing that Why? has Why? been debunked. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it's, all they have. All they it's, have. it's it's all a big lie. That's all they have. You know, what's great about live streaming in particular, and all these uh, new up and coming you know generation of uh, media. 
recording is the fact that it allows a free marketplace of ideas to exist as well as a free marketplace of media opposed to the monopolized corporatized media that we've been seeing for so long that has right. been sanitized. I mean, I understand why you got to have multiple sources and vet through stuff and you got to be responsible in your reporting, but it's gotten to the point now where that, that standard of media is no longer existing. And more or less, it's designed now to prevent actual news from getting out to the public. So the public cannot make its mind up on issues properly. Right. The decisions have already been made up for them, and they're just parroting everything as it goes. And, so I know, think it's know, great. I, I also have to like critique these guys in, in, in a you know in a little a little way too. Like, you know, I, I really hate it when I'm watching. I mean, this is personal opinion once again. Um, I really hate it when we're watching a live stream and they'll have multiple live streamers and for the majority of the live stream, these guys will be looking at each other, live streaming each other, having a fucking conversation. It's like, asshole, you go that way, you go that way, you cover that side and you cover that, like, like it, 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 you know, like we're not watching this to watch you talk to him, record you talking to him, like, Come on, you know, there's something, you can interview someone, you can talk to somebody and, and, and see what's going on. There's, if there's a standoff with police, shouldn't you be on the front lines covering that? Come on, nobody wants to hear what you have to say about the, you're there too, you know. I mean, we're already listening to you talking while you're walking around. Now we want to see you record someone else. It's like Luke and, and, and the other asshole just like looking at each other talking shit. Dude. Walk that way, talk to this person, walk that, you walk that way and cover what's going on over there. Maybe if we're lucky enough, lucky enough to have two screens, we could watch you on this side, and then we'll, we'll, you know, it, it will enhance our experience. But we don't want to see you, and, and that constantly happens. I remember when I was in, um, uh, when, when, they, when they closed uh, Zuccotti Park, when they locked everybody inside, when, when uh, David Icke was there. Um, oh, yeah. They, yeah, they, they, I mean, these guys were live streaming each other, and I just remember looking at them both like, wow, that, that takes a certain amount of ego. You know, out of everything that's happening right now, you two fools are really going to just sit there recording each other talking. You see, Miguel, that's my point. Thank Come God on, they don't man. have a monopoly on the market. <laughs> maybe, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm on my own on that one, but that just bothers me. That really well, does bother no, me. No, I can understand why that could bother you, Miguel. I, quite frankly, I can tell you this. At least you know it's it's really happening if they're that, you know, completely unscripted as it is. <laughs> it's like, it's but, like if you have two musicians that have really good songs and they just look at each other and play at the same time. <laughs> Well, that's what I've always said. Thank God there's no monopoly over that kind of media because we got people like yourself who go out and do things. I mean, I'll go out and do things. I try to get everyone's perspective together personally. But, you know, some people have a different way of doing things, and I guess that's one of the way they do it. In a way, it's kind of good to get recognition, to know who these live streamers are, they I guess you could have say. That. They have that. However... There, there's no one will be watching the live stream channel if they didn't already know who they were. They're, they're well, sharing, not, that goes back to technique then. I, I give respect I, to these individuals, but I, I'm telling you, when you're watching it, it takes a certain amount of ego for you to just sit there and think you're you know important enough to be you know just you two you know going at it for like 45 minutes. 
When you're supposed, if you want to, if you want to label yourself an investigative reporter and you want to be out there coming, yeah, in the field, on, yeah, get on the field, talk you to be out in the trenches. I understand huh? entirely. There, there are some good interviews. Well, they're, they're talking to Fatima Shakur and other activists during these protests and all this other stuff. But when you're sitting there for like a half hour just looking at yourself, come on. Got, no, no I, I understand entirely what your critique is, and I, I don't really disagree with that so much. And thankfully, the market's not monopolized in that regard. We got people like you, myself, or anybody else that we know who do a very good job at recording what's going on on the ground. I call us, uh, you know, we're we're street veterans. We're uh, trench warriors. We're the ninja crew, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> we're out in the field, man. That's what we do. We go out right. in the field. It, 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 it may be a critique to the new activist, that I'm, the new activist wave, I guess, that I'm, that I'm saying. Well, what do you, what well, do you think, Eric? You, I'm, just, I'm just talking crazy. <laughs> uh, you, you think, so, you think I'm, I'm going nuts over here, just being mad about that? I mean, like I said, Miguel, I think it's good criticism. It's it, it's positive criticism. It's constructive. You're letting people know that, you know, your video technology would be better spent out in the field getting the story, whereas the media isn't getting the story. If you're not getting the story, then nobody's getting the story, and nobody knows what's going on. And, again, it's all about not monopolizing the market. I mean, the mainstream media won't show anything really i mean with this whole brooklyn situation they showed like five yeah. seconds of footage on tv when i'm sure there was amazing things going on that would shock people if they were able to right. see 10 minutes of it right, right. so you know that that happened during the brooklyn protest too that that's that's why it got me so pissed off because there was a lot of uh, things going on and these guys are just streaming each other I'm sorry that 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 really I don't know it grinds my gears for some reason. Oh, you see, they, like, I guess you, we didn't go to school to learn how to be camera people. <laughs> I don't know what else guys, to say other than. Did you two guys really drive yourselves to Brooklyn to film a protest to record each other talking about it? <laughs> hey, I'm I, that pisses me off, man. Eric, you, you, am I my am I am I my own with this one? I'm sorry, but you know, it, it, no, come on. I mean, I. I I, I honestly, the reason why I'm being so quiet, I, I've never seen that where where two live streamers are, are live streaming each other. I've, I I personally haven't seen that. I I don't watch. I have too too much of that to be quite honest with you. I only did it during the Occupy movement. I would watch a lot of live streaming, but now I really don't watch that that much. Unfortunately, I have my uh, friend Alex who watches it, and of course, you know, Michael does, does a lot of live streaming. But but to, to answer your question, Miguel. Yeah, it, it's egocentric, and I, I, it bothers me. You know, yes, we all have an ego. I have an ego. We all have egos. Get over it. You know, every single person has an ego. I don't mean you get over it. I mean, we all have egos. But, I mean, for the person who's doing this live streaming, get over it. It's not about you. It's not about you, whoever you know, whoever you person is. It's about you capturing the truth and, and, and spreading this, this um, information out not about your ego and you know if, if they're in, interviewing each other that's pathetic that to me it's like when you know um who's the guy in channel four that, that uh, <laughs> david letterman when david letterman will will you know uh interview sue simmons like what the what the hell she's a goddamn newscaster <laughs> was you know like what, what do you it's this incestuous 
relationship that the media has with each other that they make celebrities out of each other. It's annoying. So I yeah, if that ha- if that's happening, it's it's ridiculous. I'm sure yeah, I've seen I, it I, a bunch I agree of times. with Miguel in the sense that yeah, I mean they should be out in the field. I mean Miguel's not yeah. even really criticizing, so to speak, because he's been out in the field. I've been out in the field. He's more or less giving a constructive criticism, which is based on his personal experience of being out in the field and knowing that you got to cover things. Right. right. I, I agree with him especially 100% if you're going, in that regard. If, especially if you're going out there to cover things. Exactly. You don't even have to go out there if you're just going to be talking to each you other. You watch it on live stream when someone else is covering it. Right. <laughs> You'd be watching sorry, yourself maybe, anyway. Maybe it's just Maybe it's just me. I apologize, but, you know, whatever. No, I can uh, understand why that would drive you a little, you know, it, it would be irritating for you. I mean, I can understand yeah. entirely. We're supposed to be creating new media here, and if we're creating less than, you know, good quality, if we're not even creating quality media here, nobody's ever going to watch it. So yeah. I understand. Right. We have to create a new professionalism here that is legitimate opposed to the corporate professionalism, which is based on exclusively profits. It's not even really caring about the story at all. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand uh, entirely. We have about 10 minutes left in the show. I just want a, a, a quick shift of uh, subjects here. Um, I had an argument with someone um, at my job. I, I did my best. I, did, I really did, guys. I did my best to not talk about politics in my workplace. I'm t- I tried. I definitely. I'm telling you, with every single atom in my body, I tried not to talk about politics, um, but I couldn't help but, um, uh, you know, <laughs> bring up this this issue with uh, Chris Christie's wife and uh, how she had a Sandy Relief Fund. Okay, Chris Chris Christie's wife. That's what that's what right. I'm talking about. Right. Uh, she has a separate house. Sandy Relief Fund. Uh huh. She lived in a separate no, no, house room. No, no, no. She, she, she had a uh, Chris Christie, you know, the 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 governor of New Jersey. Yeah, uh, Christie the Hut. Christie the Hut. Yeah, Christie the Hut. <laughs> his wife uh, started Sandy. <laughs> his wife started this Hurricane Sandy New Jersey relief fund. Okay. All right. Um, and they raised about thirty-two million dollars. Okay, That's pretty pretty heavy, too. right? Um, I can tell you right now that there are a lot of people in New Jersey who are still suffering. Okay, right now, um, it's been a good number of months since she's had this thirty-two million dollars, and I can tell you with complete confidence that none of that thirty-two million dollars has been doled out to help anybody out. So, have um, they been able to? Confirm that they actually helped anybody with the thirty-two million. They, they, um, that's what I'm telling you. They have not. Any, no one that. has received any of that money. No one has. Well, has received that, any no of one cares anymore. I guess since it was so long ago that it doesn't even matter. They, you know, thirty millions, kind of whatever. But you know, I, I brought this up in my workplace, and uh, people got really angry with me. Like uh, it wasn't what? a huge argument or anything like that, but it was a conversation of sorts. You're like, ah, oh, you, know, you don't have no idea what you're talking about. Chris Christie is a you know, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. That's and the personalizing I, 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 the government issue again, like nine eleven. Listen, I'm not gonna believe you talking about his you know, Chris Christie's wife, the governor's wife, 
and the $32 million that she raised to help, uh, you know, her, Hurricane Sandy victims. And uh, I cannot believe that she did not dole out any of the money that she raised for them. And I'm like, well, no. It goes back to faith again. There, there is there, there is there has been an investigation on that, and actually, no money has been sent out to anyone who needs any relief from those thirty-two million dollars that she raised. So I, I didn't even get to hear about any of this stuff. So I mean, it just goes to show you how very little that's being talked about, or at least how little that I've heard. Uh, and it doesn't surprise me yeah. in the least uh, that this is occurring. And, but then again. You you have people who are yelling at you, who subscribe to the priesthood of the uh, the religious government that we have running this country. That's what it is. Our government has become a religion, and the the people in charge are the priesthood. <laughs> That's a reality, and you can't criticize the priesthood. I'm gonna have a quick moment of zen and and predict something right now. I guarantee that the next election. For the president of the United States that you see Rand Paul in, you're going to see Chris Christie in too. He's going to be in that same race. Well, he and certainly played himself off during that storm. Certainly, yeah. Well, yeah. There, there are a lot of people that are backing Chris Christie right now, especially since he uh, he kind of played both sides of the field during the. Uh, we got the uh, you um, got him. You got Cuomo, who's probably going to run too. <laughs> is Cuomo going to run too? Uh, he, he, it's been said that because of all this anti-gun legislation that he might try to, you know, become president because he's trying to play himself off like he's such a good guy helping everyone. Wow. <laughs> helping he, disarm everybody and leaving you uh, in criminal zones, <laughs> maybe. If I put any votes in, it's going to be for you and Eric, okay, just so you guys know that. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, what the hell, why not? I mean, I, I really, there's no one else I could even imagine voting for at this point. Any kind of, we don't have any constitutional people that I can think of even remotely close to running for president. And certainly, I, I'm kind of done with status politics for the most part. I, I consider these people priesthood, religious maniacs that... It's, it's they don't serve the people. They they violate the people's rights. They don't care about the people. If they cared about the people, they wouldn't be trying to control everyone's lives. Hey Eric, what, what do you think about Rand Paul? I don't like him. I don't trust him. Um, I had issues with his father too. Um, I know that you know people were very um, you know in tune with him, and I liked a lot of what he did and said and stood for, but I, I, there were quite a few things that is irrefutable. Um, I, I don't trust Rand Paul. I'm not a, you know, disciple of uh, Ayn Rand. Uh, I think, you know, I think it's very egotistical and very corporatist, and, you know, I, I, I don't like him. I think Do you think a lot of people are jumping on the bandwagon just because he's Ron Paul's father? Oh, son, I'm sorry? Do you think, you think that people are just jumping on there because of that? A lot of people yeah, are. Yeah, father. Definitely. I don't, don't trust any of them, none of them, zero. There needs to be an enema for, you know, a congressional enema. <laughs> you know, the whole thing has to be, there has to be a, a new wave of, 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 of really good, you know, educated, sincere, uh, caring people. And th- this current Congress is not it, you know, uh, and Rand Paul's part of that. 
Yeah, so. you ever seen that image of the uh, ready to delete 523 files or something like that? And they have the Congress image in the background. You ever seen that floating around on uh, yeah, Facebook? Yeah, yeah, I have, yes. <laughs> yes, I definitely have. Yeah, as far as Rand Paul is concerned, you I like, mean... Like me? I, yeah. I don't think he's his father, I can tell you that much. And, yeah, I do lean towards the quote-unquote right in terms of my politics, but uh, he's not his father. Yeah, he's compromised quite a bit. As long as he defends things on the state level where he's at and the people in his uh, district are happy with what he's doing, I can't really complain about that. Um, But, you know, there's still... They they tried to bring him into all of this last year, and they really divided the Ron Paul movement for that whole shenanigans when he was speaking with Mitt Romney and wasn't he uh, supposed to endorse Mitt Romney at the time too? He did. So wasn't that... he, did. He, did. he did. He did. He endorsed Mitt Romney over his own That's father. what I'm saying. Exactly. So that's what, that's what I'm getting at. Like they that the whole divide and conquer thing was established. If he as long as he protects the people on the state level, I can't really complain about that, but as far as him being president he clearly, uh, I don't think I'll be voting for him as president. Listen, I'll, I'll, I'll say tell that you what, much. The problems, I'll, I'll tell you the problems that I have with Rand Paul. And oh, uh, this, is a, this, is, this is something that I was actually, you know, what, like him or don't like him. I was watching uh, Bill Maher's show, and uh, there were some interesting guests on his show at the time. There was a couple of comedians and a lot of uh, well, you know, people that are in the know of politics. Um one of the things that Bill Maher spoke of during Rand Paul's filibuster, or as I, I like to say, his best impersonation of the main character from Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, um, he spoke about drone strikes on American citizens. He was very adamant about that and how wrong it was, right? Yet he sure. did not talk about. Yet he did not talk about the many, many. Many, 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 many people across the world who die from drone strikes every day. So basically what this man was saying is that drone strikes are not okay for the American people, but they are okay for everybody else. Well, yeah, oh. he's not abdicating yeah, that the rest of the world's a problem with the drone don't, strikes. Don't, you know, don't kill our children. You know, don't kill our children. Don't kill our, our men and women. But for the rest of the people, innocent civilians across the world, they can... They're expendable. We 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 can we can go with a few less of them. Those brown people, that's fine. And personally, I am not down with that at all. If you're like I, like I was saying before that you know earlier in the show, the entire purpose behind having a military or a defense budget is to keep the peace most of the time for your own country. The defense um, budget for the like defense is rather than offensive. <laughs> right. That, 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 that's, that's basically what I was about to say. They shouldn't even call it a military defense budget. They should call it a military offensive offense budget. Because <laughs> right, exactly. that's all it ever is. I've never seen any exactly. defense with our military. I've seen offensive well, it strikes. Used, it used to, right. It used, to, it used to be called the Department of War. I think it's time we start calling it again that because, uh, quite frankly, there's no such thing as defense at this point. I haven't been defended by this country in many years. They they sure didn't do a good job on 9-11, did they? They sure didn't do a very good job during Katrina. 
And I can just bring up hundreds of different incidences. But uh, anyway, back to the topic, I guess, of uh, Rand Paul. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you, Miguel. I mean, he's clearly got some problem areas. I, I Again, I can't complain about him if he actually does good by the people of his state. But as far as, you know, nationally electing him as a president, there's just far too many problem areas. I don't think I'll be electing him as a president he's with my vote. Israel praying. I mean, he's going to Israel, swimming in there, holy lake. Yeah, and have, I, uh, I, have some, I have a lot of questions about that. I mean, okay. there's, too, there's too much oh, influence on Israel. Here's the answer. He knows what side the bread is buttered on. He's, he's not playing the fool. He's got to, you know, he talked about, you know, sucking the, the balls of whoever, but that's what he's doing. He's got to play the game. And this is the issue that I have with these, these um, corrupt uh, politicians, career politicians, most of them. You know, and they've been in. There's first of all, there should be term limits. You know, these guys are in their way and women way too long. <clears throat> you know, we got to. I don't know what, what, what the solution is. I don't know if we'll ever see a solution in our lifetime. But I do want to mention one thing. Today is the anniversary. I, I forget if it's the eighth or ninth or tenth anniversary. I think it's the tenth anniversary of the murder of Rachel Corey. Right. Oh uh, yeah, that's correct. I do recall yeah. seeing that. The American uh, woman who is bulldo- a young American woman. Yeah. She's in her early 20s, bulldozed uh, by Israeli forces and then not only ran over her, so but peaceful, put it right? first. Yeah, put it back over her. So, uh, yeah, a little shout out to Rachel Corey, wherever you are. We're thinking she, of Israel killed an American citizen and nothing was mentioned about it in of course the mass. Not. Media. Well, you're an anti-Semite so, if you don't believe in killing American citizens by Israeli bulldozers. Imagine <laughs> if Iran, imagine if Iran had oh bulldozed a blonde, a blonde young American woman. Imagine. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what both of those uh, people have in common? They're both Aryans. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're absolutely right. People don't even realize. Iran, Iran, the Persians. I mean, it's, <laughs> man, it's right. people don't even know what's going on in this world we live in. Let alone the geography or the history of why we're even enemies with people. Yeah, you don't understand. What is going on in this world that we live in? I mean, everyone thinks that these these people in the Middle East are our enemies. They are not actually our enemies. None of the people there really hate us. So the governments that may have some problem areas, but then again, we keep changing their governments for them so many times. I mean, what is going on here? How many times have we changed Iran? Was it like three times? How many more times have we got to change Iran? <laughs> especially when they helped us with the Iraq wars, it's crazy how we turn our backs on them. And uh, continuously, I'm reminded through current events and the research that I do that this whole entire political system in the United States is nothing but bullshit. Uh, both sides are playing the same game with the American people as the other, and uh, it's ridiculous. And hopefully, more of the people that listen to this show. Uh, come, become aware of that and call in when we have a, a, our next live show. Uh, unfortunately, we have come to the end of our show tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'd like to thank Eric Anders Nilsson and Gabriel Brown. Uh, you guys want to have any last uh, uh, things before we uh, cut the show off? 
Sure, I'll add something. Uh, kind of, you brought it up earlier with that video uh, that I was, uh, you know, in during 9-11. I guess uh, give you a quick uh, my take on it. I wasn't really necessarily speaking down upon myself. I was more or less pointing out to people that anybody can get out there and go do something positive in this world. That's what I was trying to get across that, yeah, I'm quite frankly, I was just some regular person who woke up to all this stuff and went out and met people and went and did things and tried to make change. And eventually, you know, I started organizing things. I mean, if I could do that, anybody can do that. It's, doesn't take a superhero. I was trying to speak to people to become leaders in themselves and to realize that they can be leaders rather than allow individuals to be their leader. It, because a lot of the mindset people have is, oh, that guy's doing it. I don't have to do anything. No, we all got to get out there. So maybe it came off as me putting myself down when in reality I was trying to tell people to step up to the plate and be well, the leader works, that man, they can be. You did you a good know. job, man. Again, you did a good job. That's that's more or less what a, that was about. And you just my little shout-out. Um, I want to say happy thanks, uh, happy St. Patrick's Day to everybody, and I want everybody to Woo! at least Google at least Google a book. It's called Hammered by the Irish. Hammered by the Irish. And you want to talk about, you know, Gabe just mentioned about stepping up and doing things or escalating. And here's a group of Irish Catholic women Irish Catholic women that in 2003 popped the fence and smashed a U.S. warplane in Ireland because they were using that <laughs> as a base to refuel. And they smashed and destroyed this death machine that was going to go on to Iraq to dis- decimate and destroy Iraqi life and infrastructure. And they were brought up on charges and they... they uh, essentially, uh, through the court case and all the pressure from around the world, um, the, the charges uh, were dropped and they got off. But they destroyed an American warplane. So check it out. Look that up. Do that for St. Patrick's Day. Hammered by the Irish. The Irish have been fighting for independence for over 800 years, and I hope that Ireland receives it someday. I mean, they should be a free nation at this point and not under control by the English. So as far as St. Patrick's Day goes, everybody's Irish that day. (laughs) Aaron Gobra. Indeed. Well said. Well said. Well, for myself, Eric and Gabriel Brown, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Take it easy. Have a good night. If you're out celebrating uh, St. Patrick's Day, don't get too crazy. Celebrate for independence, not imprisonment. (laughs) That's right. All right, ladies and gents. Have a good night. Take care. In front of the cameras, we all hate each other. Behind the scenes, it's a business.